Alright, everybody, welcome to your final January 25th edition of Cascadian Views, our last one of the month, and it will be our last one before the Iowa caucuses, or at least the last one posted before the Iowa caucuses. Right, we'll record, but it'll be going up before, or I guess after all the big, uh, the big smackdown goes down yeah. on Monday. I mean, I, I suppose I could try and get a quick turnaround time on the next one. Spent Super Bowl Sunday doing that, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't have work that week. I took it off for a. Oh, yeah. I have a minor surgical procedure. Um, hmm. I mean, it's outpatient stuff. I probably could have got away with it, but I want to sure. just to use up all my uh, PTO at work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess we'll we'll be checking in on Iowa. We we have some big breaking news out of there uh, today, actually, and. That is the largest paper in the state. The uh, Des Moines Register has endorsed Elizabeth Warren at a time when Warren's numbers, particularly in Iowa, are uh, sagging a little bit. That's a, a welcome jolt for her campaign. Yeah, definitely flagging from where she was at her peak. It's kind of the second big newspaper endorsement that she got this week following the, I guess, split endorsement that the New York Times did between her and Amy <laughs> Klobuchar. Which was strange, I, I, I think. A I little mean, bit. I, I do totally get what they were going for. In their explanation, it's not crazy. You know, there are two competing visions of America. One where there's radical change and one where there's, you know, patching up of our current institutions. And they made a recommendation for whichever kind of lane you're in. Basically. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. But on the other hand... I think part of the endorsement is making that decision as well. Like, what is the problems facing America? Not just, you know, if you believe these are the problems, these are the per this is the person. If you believe these are the problems, this is the person. Like, it feels a little bit of a cop-out. Yeah. That. Yeah, the, the, the paper you would expect to have a little bit more of an editorial vision, you know, some kind of idea of, like, you know, we're media professionals. We're looking at the landscape, and, you know, we have something to say about what's wrong with the country. But, yeah, both sides in it again. Um, I don't know. Some of those interviews they did were also pretty frivolous. I mean, it, it seemed like at least some of those questions, they were just going after the candidates with, you know, Twitter bullshit. You yeah. know, stuff that just was nonsense. Like, I saw that they were... Accusing Pete Buttigieg of, you know, fixing bread prices in Canada and just total <laughs> nonsense stuff. I, I think but, part of that is they just want to see the candidate's reaction and how they handle that. Sure. Less so that they actually, you know, buy into things necessarily. Um, yeah. And to that extent, they almost endorsed a candidate who's not even in the race anymore. Apparently, yeah. Cory Booker made the, the final selection before he, he dropped out. Yeah, he got like the third most uh, votes of all of them, didn't he? Like he got more than Biden. He got more than, yeah, that was kind of odd. And, but and he got those votes after he dropped out, like when he was still in the race. He was an absolute contender for the mm -hmm. New York Times endorsement. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean that that has a, a wistfulness about it for me, a, a what if sort of thing. They had endorsed earlier. It could have been a nice shot for his campaign. I still think Booker is the future of the Democratic Party in many ways. 
he's he's a very charming guy. He's you know very likable. You know he's won me over over the course of the last year. Absolutely. Uh, so the other kind of big news about Iowa is, depending on who you ask, there might be something of a Sanders surge going on. Um, yeah. In a number of pollsters, but not all of them, Sanders has been uh, exhibiting some increased strength in Iowa in particular. Uh, his numbers really growing up. Uh, 538 did, well, actually, I guess it was just voters mm-hmm. under the official 538 brand, kind of dug into it all. And uh, really figured out the thing that sets them uh, apart, the ones that show a uh, Sanders surge versus the ones that don't, have to do with kind of youth turnout and how they're modeling yeah. that. Um, if you presume youth turnout uh, on the level that, say, Obama or Sanders in 2016 got, Sanders has that surge. If you assume a more traditional electorate, that effect goes away, basically. Um, and Silver seems to be of the opinion that youth turnout will uh, more closely reflect Obama and 2016 Sanders. That Sanders basically has a track record being able to uh, bet against it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, you know real clear politics average. It looks like in the last week or so he's shot up by about two percentage points, while uh, Biden has uh, slipped by one. And yeah, Warren and Buttigieg are kind of just sitting flat around 16, 17%. So yeah, that's definitely a trajectory where he's, well, honestly, all four of them could realistically come away with it once you reallocate, you know, Klobuchar supporters, uh, you know, all the others. So yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Klobuchar is actually beating out Buttigieg in uh, a few polls, or uh, excuse me, beating out Warren, I think it was. She took uh, third place out of four, out of the top in, four, and a couple of them. Let's see here. New York Times has her well at eight. Um, yeah, that was the big one for Sanders. Actually, the New York Times poll that was out today has him up like eight points over Biden, twenty-five seventeen. Uh, hmm. I don't see anyone where Klobuchar's made it into fourth here, but she is, you know, in a couple of these, she is, uh, yeah, just right there in the mix, you know, right behind, you know, oh man, well, shoot, then you got, you know, some counter signal here, the other one, I'm, I'm just looking at real clear politics right now, but this uh, other uh, Bender poll, FRA, uh, that had Biden up 24 uh, Warren 18, Buttigieg 16, Sanders 14. Mm-hmm. So, and then yeah, it's all I think, at 11 there. Broke her exactly. So, I think that's probably, again, like Silver's talking about, that one's probably assuming a lower youth turnout. So, huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. The, uh, the caucus is coming up next Monday, correct? Like the Monday after days from now february 3rd yeah okay so we'll we'll really see how it goes i i hope warren gets a bump from endorsement i'm i'm really pulling for her she's yeah she's the one i want basically at this point i i mean i'd be okay with biden i'd be okay with any of them really um yeah but I'd prefer well i mean warren. none of them are trump yeah <laughs> that's the thing Gabbard's at the end close. of the day none of them are trump yeah yeah, yeah. God, I guess that was the other news this week. She's suing Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. 
more ridiculousness there. I really think that's just to keep her name in the news and she didn't make the debates. Yeah. I will that. And I guess uh, Clinton was uh, quoted in some story uh, being pretty caustic about Bernie Sanders. So that might have been you know, a way for her to, you know, get herself a little bit more attention as well to, uh, you know, piggyback onto that and say, oh, well, look, you know, I'm I'm suing her. You know, she's remember that time when she uh, didn't say my name, but everyone knew she was talking about me yeah. as you know, I'm the Russian asset. <laughs> the, the Clinton thing was a little strange to me, too. Um, not necessarily that she said it, although it is disappointing. Just shut your mouth. That's how this play out. Uh, but also, she gave that interview like a month and a half ago. Yeah. They they well, sat on it until like until Sanders was, was surging and they put it out there because they knew it would generate a bunch of news. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's kind of it's more relevant now, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I I mean they had this footage since December. She sat down to give that interview at the like beginning of December for for that Hulu show. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> and then they, they sit on it until Sanders is all up in the news and then they release it to generate buzz. Uh, yeah. I mean, I really think that's what it is. Get get eyeballs. Get people talking about your show. Did you know Hulu did documentaries? Or like news interviews or things like that? I didn't. Until now. <laughs> now I sure as hell do. So, I mean, it, it worked. But still. It, it just seems... I don't know. It seems tacky yeah yeah just kind of so you know some media outlet looking to stir up some drama which one did that come from was that cbs or the hill or i don't I, even know. I swear to god it's like hulu uh hulu literally put it out yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure i mean hulu did the documentary but huh yeah i i think it came from them mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, it's a hulu production in-house Odd. Yeah, they put it out as promotional material. Uh, yeah, they still don't well, like, have like an air date. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, if it was going to start, if it was going to start, you know, if they were going to put it up like next week or something like that, I could see that being, you know, generate some buzz for your show that's about to go live. But I, so I mean, I guess it is premiering at like film festivals. Like it's going to go up at Sundance and whatnot. But they have. They haven't announced a time when it's going to be on Hulu yet. So they're just right. showing it on the awards circuit right now. Yeah, yeah, you'd think that you'd save it for for then. You know, that's when you'd stir some drama going. But, oh well. Hmm. Uh, and I guess the other big national story going on is the Senate has started the impeachment trial. Um, which is, I believe, currently going on like at this moment. Uh, today is the yeah. final day of opening statements, uh, at which point the Senate is going to vote on whether or not uh, they're going to take witnesses and evidence. They actually have taken uh, several votes on evidence, um, a few of them before the trial. Democrats mm -hmm. lost all of them. Um, and it was party line vote each way, and nobody really expected that to go any other way. The Republicans who might rebel are going to hide underneath the Clinton impeachment rules. And yeah. for the Clinton impeachment, they decide on witnesses and evidence after opening. So if, if they're going to have any cover bucking party leadership, it's going to be by sticking to the Clinton rules. They were never going to vote for the evidence at the start. Uh, it'll happen after opening statements conclude, which should conclude tonight. 
Uh, they have, however, already voted to allow um, certain evidence in, in this case, a classified uh, memorandum uh, memorializing the Trump-Zelensky phone call from a State House aide. Uh, that was because the actual evidence that you know was in the record was incomplete, and she later remembered additional things in the phone call that she added to this classified memo, and they were entering that classified memo in the record so that they'd have the full Zelensky conversation. Uh, don't know what to read into that. So it sounds like, yeah, kind of a technical addition that, uh, yeah, yeah, inclusion rather than anything specific to... Exactly. This it seems needs to more be before the American people. ...than anything else. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, it's also... They're doing their darndest to keep it as low profile as they possibly can as well. You know, running these proceedings. Well, we'll start at 1 p.m. Eastern and we'll go till 2 or 3 in the morning Eastern. <laughs> And, yeah, we'll also run through, you know, have opening arguments on a Saturday and all this stuff like that. So the one thing I will say that leads me to think it might be a little hint of something more than being technical is that the White House actually did not want evidence. Huh. Um, they they wanted the original White House, you know, quote unquote transcript that actually said on it that it wasn't a transcript. That leaves out several parts of that, uh, including the words Burisma, which it hides behind, you know, three periods. And yeah. It, it was her memo, you know, enhancing that that quote-unquote transcript uh, that they entered into it. So it is less friendly to the Trump administration than uh, the original White House release was. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm guessing, what, they'll have probably one vote on inclusion of pretty much a package, I would assume, unless Schumer's able to force them to divide it up? Or... I think they're going to divide them up. Um, okay. because, because certain witnesses are more appealing. Romney and Murkowski have both strongly hinted that they're going to be voting uh, to call Parnas. Uh, both of them have said that they cannot imagine a process where at the end of it they don't decide they want to vote. So, I mean, that, that kind of lays it all out on the table, I think. At least as far as that, but they're, you know, Republicans are going to want to have votes on, you know, calling Hunter Biden. Crap. Uh, How is that even feasible for him to testify unless he's got some kind of immunity granted? I mean, he's he's in serious legal jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how you can make that happen. But uh, he's also giving interviews to Rachel Maddow, so... Yeah, and he's releasing secret audio of Trump that he, you know, surreptitiously recorded at dinner. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, so, I mean, maybe he just wants to throw some bombs. Uh, we maybe. mentioned before how weird it is that he's trying to go to Congress and not, you know, the SDNY prosecutor. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Got a Hail I mean, Mary, that's... got a Hail Mary. To be honest, secret recordings of Trump were already more than I thought he had. So, you know, maybe the Hail Mary strategy isn't completely frivolous for him. Maybe he really does have something where Congress might individually immunize him. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So, Lev Parnas, uh, I mean, you keep hearing Bolton thrown around there as a possibility. Mm -hmm. Bolton volunteered uh, himself to be subpoenaed by the Senate. Right. You know, the Trump lunatics want to call Hunter Biden. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably Giuliani is a strong target. Oh my God, that would be, that would be something else. Wow. Pay per view, man. 
Absolutely. <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess they're going to try and wrap this up, uh, what, over the course of the next, let's see, what, probably have a vote by the end of this week? Uh, so if they don't get witnesses and evidence, it should be wrapped up this week. If uh, we can find two Republicans to join uh, Murkowski and Romney in mm -hmm. voting to call some, some witnesses, I imagine they're not going to get this done before police day. Yeah, force you know Corey Gardner and Susan Collins and Martha McSally to cast some uncomfortable votes, I guess. Oh, it's not a vote for Cory Gardner. He is not Boy. expecting to Leroy Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. He he gives no fucks at this uh, point. Oh, well. He he is not expecting to He's kinda mirror Doug Jones then I guess. Yeah. yeah. But uh but Collins definitely wants to be back in the Senate and that is a tough vote for her, which is why I think she's, you know, joining Team Romney this one. Interesting. Uh, I don't know who else they're gonna get though. Uh yeah. th there was some little hints that uh that Rand Paul might be available, but yeah, he's kind of pulling that off the table now. So that's yeah, what he does. Yeah, there's there's Tom Tillis in North Carolina who's facing a, a very tough election coming up. Monday. I saw a really good poll for his opponent actually this week. Yeah, it was uh, what Cunningham, right? Who was yep. like two points up on him. Yeah, that'd be something. It it would be incredible. Um, North Carolina, its suburban population is just exploding. The research triangle uh, between Raleigh and Walton—I uh, forget. But you know, where Red Hat used to be based before that evil empire left. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, up until 2014, that was a Senate seat that we had. Mm -hmm. You know, the K late Bailey you know, dearly departed K. Hagan. Hey, 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 excuse me. Yeah. Kay Bailey Hutchinson was not Texas. Yeah, yep. <laughs> she was Ted Cruz's predecessor. Ugh. Uh the good old days in Texas used to elect Democrats. Well, no, she was she was a Republican too, but she was more of a moderate. Okay, you know what? I'm just dumb. I'm sorry. Nah, it's Texas, <laughs> you know. But you don't it's been a long time since you've had to pay attention to Texas politics anyway, I, but now it's becoming more relevant. I was also thinking of uh that older lady I used to like a lot when I was in school. Um, Ann Richards? Yes. Also one of the very best, yeah. yeah. Uh, she was George W. Bush's predecessor as governor. Right? Yep. That's exactly right. She was the one who came up with the nickname Shrub for him because he wasn't quite a full bush like his father. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I guess we'll... We'll kind of move on to our local stuff. We have two things to talk about, one of which I actually put in the topic list. The other one I didn't know about until I was filing my taxes before the show. Mm -hmm. uh, but the first one, you guys had a, a fairly significant mass shooting in the middle of downtown Seattle. Uh, this is last week. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what the final death count was, at least, but the initial reports I saw at least one person killed, uh, many others injured. Mm -hmm. There were three suspects, one of which they, they caught. I don't know if they really know what led into it. The At least one of the victims was a, a former homeless woman and drug addict who had got her life back together and was living in a housing pro uh, project there, working, oh, yeah. had been clean and sober for several years. She's 
intensive care. They're not sure if she's going to make it. One person was already dead. There are a few more with less serious wounds. And, but, it, I mean, it was brazen. It happened in the middle of downtown Seattle. Yeah, that that is really disheartening. Because, I mean, we've been we've been doing our darndest here the last decade to, you know, within the constitutional strictures that, you know, are currently there to, you know, just stem the total number of guns on the street. But even with that, you know, you still see things like this. There were seven injuries, by the way, along with one fatality. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that is terrible. Uh, and they, they now say that all three suspects are known gang members in the same gang. Believe the shooting was gang violence related. Happened from McDonald's mm-hmm. in the middle of downtown Portland. Or downtown Seattle, excuse me. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. It, uh, I mean, with two of them still out there, too, you've got to imagine that it's a tense time there. Kind of wish we had to talk about it. Yeah. Last time we, there was a major shooting in Seattle, it, I mean, happened on this fucking street. Right, right. It was right there. Yeah. I think you were, they had put a police lockdown or something in the area, right? Yeah. They were trying to. They weren't letting yeah. people in or out of the neighborhood. They had it on lockdown. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, man, I wonder if the legislature decides to take up more on that. I mean, the big issues that they seem to have on the docket this year are you know, homelessness. I mean, that's kind of the big thing in Washington this year for sure. But yeah, continued action on guns, really important. Yeah, it's, um, homelessness is a problem here too. It's been Uh a big problem on, you know, the region since we basically started the show. Do you remember when there was the whole big thing about them clearing out all the people uh, camping out underneath the the viaducts and whatnot? That was from like our second month. I think a bunch of our our very first episodes, yeah, yeah, were getting into that, and it was a huge, huge deal in the uh, you know Seattle mayoral election back in 2017. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's the market here is just insane, and it's yeah pricing people out, and yeah people fall into the cracks you know, as a result of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the wow. other local thing I wanted to bring up. Is uh, I didn't know this until I filed my taxes, but it is a kicker year for for Oregon. If you are an Oregon resident, file your taxes. You get three hundred bucks just for being a state resident. We uh, sweet. We collected more in tax money than we expected, and we you know collected more than we budgeted for. And because that happened over a period of a few years, the state law that decrees that they must give that money back uh, went into effect. And yeah, you get a three hundred dollar payment. Uh, directly to you just for filing your Oregon state income taxes this year. Uh, I don't actually know how our kicker works, but I have to imagine this is somehow marijuana legal. Yeah, I, I want to say that... Because 300 bucks is a lot. Right, right. I want to back around the time when I left Oregon, I think there were a couple of ballot measures that I know my mother-in-law was doing volunteer work for, to, I think there was going to be a new income, not a in, new income tax, but some additional income tax and property-related taxes that were supposed to get a lot of the state's finances in order. And I think that was going to be part of it, was if there was enough excess collection that there would be yeah. some progressive payback to 
state residents. I I remember um, like my second year here in Oregon was a kicker year too. Uh, we had collected more than we thought because we had budgeted, uh, assuming the Great Recession was going to continue, mm-hmm. and it didn't, and we recovered. So we got um, a kicker, and it, it wasn't as much as it was this year. I remember it being like 150 bucks or 125 bucks or something, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's 300 dollars this year, which is pretty nice. Not bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, still can't pay my Portland City income tax uh, through the e-file. They said they were going to get that fixed this year, but nope, still not in there. So the city also collects an income tax so, above and beyond what the state does. Uh, so this is a whole story. If you want to know uh, a great you know, tale about the problems that happen when soccer moms get together and try to run city government. <laughs> uh, Portland has what's called the arts tax. It is a $35 head tax income tax. Uh, we have exemptions if you make less than $1,000 a year. Uh, but other than that, everybody who earns income while living in Portland owes flat $35 tax to the city. And it's supposed to go for after school programs and school arts and music education and all that, art supplies and stuff like that. But the people who wrote it included a little bit that. Uh, the, the city was not allowed to spend more than 5% of its, its take on administering the tax. This led to a huge amount of problems. Uh, for most tax cases in the city, one, one tax manager will handle 50 to 60 accounts. Uh, for the arts tax, one tax manager would handle 200 to 300. Uh, it was dramatically understaffed, and they were not able to spend money on uh, enforcement. They weren't allowed to spend money on sending you a letter telling you you need to pay this. They weren't allowed to spend any money on collections. So for like five years, nobody realized this tax because there was precisely zero downsides to not paying it. They sure. could literally <laughs> not do anything about it because they had no money. They were already spending 10% of their take on administering the tax. And that was with all the problems I told you. And that was double what they were legally allowed to. Um, so it was a giant headache. And then it had been on the books long enough. It was passed by ballot measure. It wasn't passed by the city council. Yeah. It had been on the books long enough. They were able to make some adjustments. And a couple of years ago, they, they hacked off the requirement about the 5%. And now they're allowed to administer it like a real tax, which means collections and tax managers and letters and like actually getting you to pay uh and and they have they've actually taken in quite a bit of the back money now that they're actually able to spend this and they did a a grace period thing where instead of charging you interest and back taxes and whatnot as long as you paid your taxes that you would have owed as if you had paid them on time they didn't charge you anymore uh yeah so they allowed people to basically get their accounts current without really cracking down on them too hard. Um, but in order to, you know, make this a more established thing and get people more used to it, they were supposed to have it integrated with all the like e-file stuff, so that if you had a Portland address, your e-file software, TurboTax or uh, HR Block or whatever, or, yeah, yeah, exactly, would just know to have this local tax. It's arts tax. It's thirty-five dollars. Capital A, capital R, capital T, capital hmm. um, And I went through TurboTax, nothing there. So I'm going to have to like actually walk into an office and you know, scan my card. And <laughs> Give me your somewhere. money, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, wow. That is wild. I mean, yeah, I think setting it up like that, yeah, you kind of invite all those kind of administrative headaches. I guess you contrast that with Seattle where they were trying to do it on employment, and then you invite the vicious political opposition of Amazon. So I guess, you know, pick your poison a little bit. Huh. I mean, the, the tax is fine and would have worked if it weren't for that stupid 5% cap. I mean, <clears throat> I, I really put it, these, these were soccer moms who had no idea what things cost. You know, <laughs> they, they live in suburbia. It was a Multnomah, it was a Portland tax, but it was voted mm-hmm. on, I believe by Multnomah County. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It, it was, it was suburban soccer moms who have no idea how much things cost. It was like, well, five percent of this is, is right, how totally to actually fine. <coughs> and collections have skyrocketed huh. now that they can actually spend money. I mean, they're making right. way more than they were before. Even though, as a percentage, they're spending more of what they take in, they're actually able to collect this tax. Okay. Well, that's good. That's getting better then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Is there anything else going up in Washington, or is that going to do it for us? I think we about covered everything. I mean, I just kind of did an aside that, yeah, the legislature's in session, and, yeah, the top issue that they're supposed to be addressing is homelessness this year. So that's what comes immediately to mind. The other thing that came to my attention, it's not strictly Cascadia-related, but uh, I guess they are relaxing... uh, some of the pot shop regulations up in Alaska this year. Uh, they are going to be allowing consumption on site. That's something we still don't have going here. forward. We're not allowed. No, to not here in Washington site. either. Yeah, that was a three to two vote by the Marijuana Control Board. Isn't there some sort of weird conflict between the Liquor Control Board and the Marijuana Control Board up there? I remember them like coming to heads about firing somebody. They both had to agree on being fired. Yes, I, I have to. I would have to look a little bit deeper into that, but I do recall seeing that. Yes, that there was a uh, dispute over. I think one of their commissioners ended up resigning over this as well. It was a very big to do. But yeah, I don't have that in front of me. All right. Well, uh, I guess that'll do it for us. Well, uh, we can do it. Yeah. Next time you hear us, it should be Iowa caucus time. I am going to try and get that episode out early. I decided so. We'll do our darndest. All right. Yeah. Hopefully, you can listen to it while watching the results and crying into your liquor. It'll be great. <laughs> Riding with Biden. <laughs> have a good one. Yep. You too. <laughs>